0: now here and we're in the full swing of it uh we've been promising for weeks now that we're going to get some higher grades uh we're going to give those out uh we've got we're debuting a new segment uh portal pickup of the week we're going to break down two of our favorite pick portal pickups of the week uh both high major and mid-major talk about the other portal happenings of the week draft decisions Mm -hmm. there's a lot to get into sean
1: there is i mean it, in the in the transfer portal era the the podcasting always has content there's never a shortage of content this time of year because there's so much changing players changing schools and everything uh, that you could imagine so it's interesting to follow all this stuff because even though the transfer portal can get a little crazy it is one of my favorite things to follow just because of all the movement and everything there is with it
0: yeah it's like I think the thing with the transfer portal is like while there's still like NCAA tournament games going on it's hard to like get into it because it's like what we we have games still ahead on the schedule but now that the season's like kind of all the way over it's kind of easy to like look at all right what does this transfer mean for this team uh, this week so i mean it's i think more and more more interesting intriguing to kind of get get into and uh I'm sure there's going to be a lot more portal uh, pickups we'll get into but uh this week I mean we've had a fair share of t- uh portal players committing
1: yeah we did I mean there's been some big ones and they're still probably the three biggest names that I've had out there the whole time well uh, Kendrick Davis is newer so he's he's number, it's tough. I have him number two. I have Nigel Pack number one. And then I have TJ Shannon three. But it, it was it was tough picking between Pack and picking between Davis because Pack can be a point guard they, on the right. And he probably will be a point guard wherever he goes. Uh, it's just Marquise Noel was a point guard and he's five foot eight. So he can't play the two. So Pack just played the two this year. But he played the one as a freshman. And I think he will wherever he goes. So it, I think Nigel Pack is... Not as good of a facilitator as Kendrick Davis, but I think if you, uh, I think he's a much better scorer overall. Just yeah. like, not as a driver, but he's a much better shooter. I would say,
0: yeah, like he he can go out. I think he's more likely to go out and put up like thirty on you, whereas like Davis is gonna more so like kind of run the offense a little bit better, like get others involved. Like he's more of a poor pure point guard, but mm-hmm. I, yeah, but Any team that picks up either one of those uh, transfers is going to be uh, quite pleased because both those players are fantastic. But I think we've teased it long enough. Uh, We said we were going to do it after the second round. Uh, Final four, couldn't quite squeeze it in, but now we're going to do it. We're going to give out some hiring grades. Thankfully, we kind of waited because we ended up with uh, the number one we're going by the alphabetical order, so uh, stay tuned for the learning of the alphabet. But I uh, love the alphabet. Yeah. Thadmana ends up being uh, a late kind of addition to this. Uh, LaVal Jordan gets fired. A few days later, they pick up Mata. So uh, with that, we, we have a full list we're going to go through.
1: Yeah. So are we kicking it off right now? We going now? Yeah. Butler. I I think this will probably be my lowest grade. I could still change a few in my head as we go, but I'm going to go with a D. I mean, obviously he's been a great coach. He's coached some great players, coach Greg Oden, coach Mike Conley, coach Devin Turner, but he hasn't coached in a while. And he's still relatively young. Like he's younger than I thought he was. He's in his mid fifties. And I, I thought he was a little bit older than that, but he's 54 going to his alma mater, but he hasn't coached since 2017. That's a guy doesn't coach in five years. And my biggest question with that, ha, the game has changed so much in the last five years. Not only just the style of play, but the transfer portal. The, there were still transfers in 2017, but the transfer portal didn't exist. And obviously, with the extra year of eligibility, that'll only be a thing for two more years. But still, that's that's something different. So I, I just don't know. I think it's a fine hire for Butler, but I just don't love it. I'm gonna go with the D. It's just yeah, I'm lukewarm on it. I think it could work, but I don't think it does.
0: Yeah, I'm not a fan of it either. Like I, I've heard everyone's praising it as probably like a top five hire of it. I, I, I don't think that many have praised it like that though. I haven't right. seen a
1: lot. I've seen a lot more lukewarmness on it. Kind of like I haven't seen that many people loving it. But like if you're Butler, not to interrupt you, but like if you're Butler, like what was the other options? I guess right because they hired they fired have gone. so with... late
0: ronald norad
1: yeah that's that's a good option too like butler
0: assistant younger mm -hmm. kind of got a youthful exuberance i mean you 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 think back like he was on those 2010 2011 teams like Mm -hmm. you have legit experience from a final four so i would have gone with him personally
1: yeah i think that's probably where i would have went too. but you also like with him he's a pacers assistant you had like miles turner i saw giving him a Giving his thumbs up on it, so it, that probably would have been a better hire in my mind. I definitely would have given it higher than a D. I hope it works out for Thad Matta Butler, but my expectations aren't high, so I am gonna give it a D. Yeah. Just don't love it. Yeah, and
0: here is like another thing too is like when he was at Ohio State and doing really well. I mean, he recruited some of the best players. Like he had Greg Oden, he had Mike Conley, he had Jaron Soldier, he had Aaron Craft, and then you, you kind of saw not even good. At, did you mention Evan Turner? Evan Turner, like
1: theres you so mentioned many... Aaron Kraft before Evan Turner. Come on.
0: Aaron Kraft is like he was like a four year guy. It's like you, you know how many years he averaged
1: double figure points? Two? I think it's zero. I looked this up recently. Oh one. he had ten point zero points as a junior.
0: Uh, oh, I mean he had he had a lot of really good players throughout his time. At Ohio State, and kind of as we saw, like he had D'Angelo Russell, I think in mm-hmm. 2015, that team didn't mm-hmm. do a whole lot because there wasn't a whole lot of talent around him. And then, like 2016, 2017, I think he missed back back in city tournaments. And, yep. you know, I think part of that was health issues. And look, he coming back to the game, I think he'll be, you know, at least when he picks it back up in as good a shape as. He was prior to whatever health issues he might have had. Uh, But at the end of the day, like my question is, can he get the elite level, you know, Indiana kids into Butler? And I don't know if he can anymore. Like when he was at Ohio State, he was getting the high level recruits into Ohio State. And that is partially why uh, they won so frequently uh, at Ohio State. I don't know if he can get those, like the Greg Odins or Mike Conleys. And look, I guess you don't need to get that at Butler, but I just, I don't know if he can get, the, you know, type of recruits you need to get to have that high levels of success. So I'm giving it a C.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and one thing I'll add here is that uh, Mike Pagese, who was the interim coach at Louisville last year, was hired as an assistant. And so much of what you do recruiting wise Pretty much all of it, I would say, comes from your assistants, like the early work and all that. That's all the assistants doing that. So Mike Pegues, I think, is a pretty great hire for the staff. And I think, you know, that could change things. Like maybe hiring a good staff, which it appears he has, really, really uh, improves what the Thad Mata era looks like at Butler the second time around.
0: Yeah, so we'll we'll see where it goes. But at least we're, we're probably the two lower people on the Thad Mata hire than others, but. Anyway, uh on to Duke. We've got John Shire. I'm giving this a B plus. I look, right. I, I want to see him coach a game before I make judgments. At the same point, I mean, he's added, was it 15 five star recruits in the upcoming two classes or something like that? It's gotta be pretty he close. can recruit. Yeah. Like he is I don't think we've seen like this level of recruiting like maybe John Calipari like the 2014 15 teams that 2012
1: the, Kentucky yeah,
0: yeah like where it was the white versus the blue team that there was just so many five stars but i that John Shire is recruiting at a high level i want to see him coach a game first but i'm giving this a solid b plus uh, as we stand right now
1: yeah this one was tough because like it it is a coaching hire but it's different than the rest of them because, firstly, it's Duke. Secondly, it's just different because it was a, it was a succession plan. Shire was always the guy for Coach K there. I'm going to give it an A just because it was either a B-plus or an A just because he's been able to recruit at a high level. Nolan Smith, who was a great player at Duke, decided to leave and go to Louisville to be an assist, assistant there. So Emil Jefferson got promoted to that last assistant job. Uh, Mike Shroggy, who was a very s- decent head coach there at Elon, was able to go and be a, an assistant at his alma mater. So I-, I like Duke. I think, I, of course, I mean, Duke's going to be great this year. They have a lot of talent again. I think Shire, is, an A is safe probably, but it's tough to say because he hasn't coached a game. But at the same time, the guy who just took North Carolina to a national title game, Hubert Davis, had also never coached a game as a head coach before this year, and he took them to the championship. So I'll go with an A.
0: Uh, next one we've got is Florida Todd golden. Uh, Oh I'm, man,
1: we're a long time. Todd golden fans on this podcast. Like you can go back two years and we've been praising Todd golden for a while.
0: Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and give him an a, uh, I'm not quite going to give him an a plus, but I'm going to give him an a, like we, we mentioned it. We're, we're both high on Todd golden. Look, he's going to bring, you know, young exuberance to the Florida job. Uh, you know, I think he takes over and he's going to, I think kind of play a style to where he can, mm-hmm. you know, fit into his players more than, you know, what Mike White did, which I wasn't a big fan of what he did when he had, you know, high level talented players and uh, mm-hmm. felt like he was just kind of slowing the tempo. It's like, you have all this athleticism, use it. Uh, so I think Todd Golden, maybe the recruiting goes down a little bit for what Florida has been in the past, but I think if he can get in, you know, enough solid recruits uh, build through the portal, I think he'll be getting this Florida job consistently in the top twenty-five. It's
1: just so impressive that he took San Francisco to the NCAA tournament. I know they lost, but that might be the best game outside of like the final four in the tournament. That game is just electric. The entire game against Murray state. Am I still angry that they got paired against each other? Yes. And I always will be that will never, that, that will never go away. I'm not happy about that, but I digress. I will say. I'm also going to give it an A. I probably would have given it a B-plus last week. But with what he, what he's already been able to do at Florida has been beyond impressive. You're getting Will Richard in. You're getting Alex Fudge today. We'll get into that a little bit more later. You get Colin Castleton back for the extra year of eligibility. And uh, Kawasee Reeves did enter the transfer portal today. So that's a big loss. But he's already shown that he he's going to have a good staff that can recruit. He got, I think the biggest thing though is getting Colin Castleton back. Obviously, he's yeah. a local kid, so that's a little different than other situations, but it's a new coaching staff, one that did not recruit him originally. And he's and he was able to keep him around for his final year of eligibility instead of going pro or transferring elsewhere. I think that is pretty telling about Todd Golden's potential at Florida. But you mentioned the style of play. Like you said, Mike White played a little slow. He played slower at Florida than he did at Louisiana Tech, and that was one of the knocks people had on him. Uh, Todd Golden's going to play his style no matter what. No matter who he has on his team, he's going to play fast. He's going to shoot threes. That's what he does, and I think it'll work very well at this level.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'll let you start out with Mike White in Georgia. Uh, (laughs) Going over the Florida-Georgia line. I'm going to go – this is a tough one because I do
1: think Mike White's – a little underrated by you. I think I think he maybe in general, because he did take Florida to plenty of tournaments, won a couple games. He had a lot of talent there, but they didn't live up to expectations in a lot of those years. I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the C plus. It was I think that's you know, I like the hire for Georgia because you're you can't you probably can't do better if you're Georgia. That's a good hire. You're getting an established coach in your league who was probably just looking for a fresh start, it seems like. But you cannot get worse than what Georgia was last year. They were absolutely terrible. And Mike White will have them a lot better this year, for sure. Cario Oquendo entered the portal, but he's back. That's a big, big big-time deal because he is awesome. He is really, really good. Might be one of the best pure scorers in the SEC. So Mike White's tenure is already off to a good start at Georgia. And he can kind of build it slowly. He's not going to have high expectations for the first three or four years. And if he can get them to the NCAA tournament one of the first three years, he's going to have – uh, a, a lot of backing from Georgia, Georgia fans, probably because of how bad they've been in recent years.
0: Well, unfortunately for Georgia, he is not going to make any NCAA tournaments there. I'm giving I him I... a D, a D for me. I don't like it. Like, I don't think Mike White is all that great of a coach. He had Florida. He got in a ton of good recruits. He got in, you know, NBA level players. He got in, uh, you know, long-term starters and really didn't do a whole lot. Like I think he made a sweet 16 back in 20. Oh, they made the elite eight that year, but outside of like that, it was like, he got good recruiting classes. He got the players and maybe that's like the thing, like he's able to recruit Georgia pretty well. And maybe that's how he can kind of build this Georgia team up. But yeah, I did. I didn't like what we saw of Mike White, in florida maybe he needed a fresh start or something like that but i'm gonna go ahead and give this a d
1: i just for me i just don't know if you're georgia who you would have gotten that's better than an established sec coach so that's why i like it I, i guess a c plus doesn't mean i love it but i like it like it's georgia they don't have a lot of history of winning but it's just crazy to me how you can go have anthony edwards who was awesome yesterday as we're recording this when the T-Wolves beat the Clippers. And uh, Nick Claxton is a very productive NBA player in back-to-back years, and you just get nowhere near the NCAA tournament any of those seasons. That's just kind of crazy to think about.
0: Yeah. And, like, those those type of players aren't going to be there every year. Like, No.
1: What are the odds you get an Anthony Edwards at Georgia ever again? Like, probably not hot.
0: Yeah. Like, to not even... Not even sniff. I, I get it was the year that COVID canceled the tournament. We don't need to relive that, but we can relive that. You know, the signature moment of that Georgia team was Anthony Edwards hitting a three to beat Shamanad in the seventh place game of the Maui Invitational. Like that. That's
1: how. Shamanad, don't sleep. Don't sleep on the Silver Swords. Though, come on now.
0: Yeah, that shouldn't be like if that's the highlight of your season. You're not a good basketball team. I'll just say that. No,
1: they were an awful basketball team for several years. And uh, you look at the team, like they were actually not terrible in 29, no, 2020, 2021. Like if you look at their 14 and 12, 95th in Ken Palm, if it's a full NIT field, they're probably in the NIT. Maybe they're, they're sniffing the NIT bubble. They beat Missouri. They beat LSU. They beat an okay, not very good Auburn team. And you look at this roster, though: Katie Johnson, Severe Wheeler, Justin Tyre, Tamani Kamara, and then they all transferred. So, like, th- yeah. this year is never going to be good. No, that would have been a good team.
0: Like, if they
1: year. ran it back, they would have. I think I I say this: uh, if they ran it back and added one or two guys, I think that's a tournament team.
0: I do. Yeah, like that's a good team. Like Severe yeah, Wheeler, it is. he's a good. Good, very good point guard. Like you have Katie Johnson. Like that's a dynamic back court.
1: Justin Tyre was pretty solid for Arizona yeah. when he played. They yeah. had PJ Horn too, who got hurt, so he wouldn't have been there. But uh, he'll be back this year. So that that's another plus for Michael White getting PJ Horn back. He's a reliable stretch four. So, yeah,
0: not not, not a good last few. The Tom Crean era was not good. I guess recruiting no. was okay. Like, it was good, but good, it recruiting good doesn't recruiting. matter if you can't win. Yeah. Recruiting battle, you, you can't win basketball games just on recruiting alone. You, you got to score more points than the other team.
1: Next, so. though, next though we have Kansas State hiring Jerome Tang. About time he gets yeah. a good job. Like I feel like this should have happened several years ago, but he finally gets it was a longtime assistant for Scott Drew, helped build what they accomplished at Baylor. And Scott has had a ton of success having assistants winning games in the tournament, Graham McCasland, Paul Mills, and now Jerome Tang will go in the Big 12, a conference he's familiar with. So what are you going to go with for Jerome Tang's grade?
0: I'm going A- minus here. And okay. look, I, I haven't been like a fan of what K-State has kind of done since they hired Jerome Tang, but uh, yeah, losing Nigel Pack to the portal I think is big. But that was going to mm. be a tough re-recruiting. Uh but anyway, like I like Jerome Tang. I think he's gonna get in some good recruits uh to Kansas State. This is a program that's you know kind of been like inconsistent at times, but like when they're on, like it's a rowdy fan base and everything. I think Tang is gonna at least kind of bring a little bit of exuberance back into the fan base, get it going a little bit and uh get this team Back into being in the NCAA tournament mix more often.
1: Yeah, I'll say I'll say it's a B plus, uh, very close to an A, but I'll go with a B plus. I want to limit how many A's I give. Like, uh, I think I'm going to keep it to Golden Shire as I looked at it. Jerome Tang was so close though. He, he's he did a terrific job at at Baylor, and they wouldn't have done what they did without him as the associate head coach there. They wouldn't have won a title without him, and I feel pretty firmly in saying that. Uh, obviously, like you said, losing Nigel pack is tough, but when you have a player like that, that averaged 17, a game and shot 42% from three, then it's hard to keep him during a coaching change these days. So, uh, you know, I think he'll get it going this year will probably be a rough one. They're going to have to do a lot of recruiting in the portal. It probably will be a team kind of just put together, but like we saw last year, nobody thought Iowa state was going to be good and they went to the sweet 16. So you can kind of piece things together nowadays and see what happens, but I think he'll be a very good coach. That gets Kansas State to some NCAA tournament wins, uh, but it's a good hire.
0: Yeah. Uh, next one up, we've got Kenny Payne going to Louisville. This has been like in the works for maybe two or three or four months. When, whatever Chris Mack was even r- mm. rumored to be out the window, Kenny Payne was the clear and obvious choice, and the mm-hmm. clear and obvious choice ends up getting the job. I like the hire. I'm going to go ahead and give it an A uh, minus. Mm. I think, you know, I think the big thing too is I think he's going to be able to recruit in players to Louisville. Uh, the, you know, there's you know, talk and discussions that they might be getting DeWan Wagner Jr., who's you know a superstar. I think the number one player in next year's yep. class. So I, I mean, mean, if he gets hit, man, I, I'm just kind of trusting the future like this year I don't think is going to be like a sensational year for Louisville basketball but I think they're going to you know bring in some good recruits as we go about and I think Kenny Payne will have this Louisville team operating as a top 10 program in the sport sooner rather than later
1: yeah and just kind of looking at 24-7 sports like they have him like all the recruits he helped bring to Kentucky, like just looking through this list, it's pretty incredible. There's just so many guys here, even like a Charles Matthews, who didn't didn't last at Kentucky super long, but he ended up being a great college player at Michigan. It's just so impressive what he was able to do at Kentucky. That's really, he was a great recruiter. Uh, he went to the Knicks to be an assistant the past couple of years. Now he's at Louisville. He hired Nolan Smith, like I mentioned earlier. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the B-minus. I think... I don't know. That's a tough one, too, because, like, I'll go go with a B, just a B, because I think he'll be able to recruit, but Louisville's kind of in a tough spot, and I'll talk about this later with LSU, too but they're in a tough spot because they're still going to get a postseason ban probably at some point. And they're going to have to pick up the pieces from that recruiting might be hurt by that still. So we're going to have to see what comes of it. They've had a rough past couple of years. I think it will take some time to get it back to an NCAA tournament level. I don't think that'll happen overnight. I think he will get guys to Louisville, but it's going to take time. So Louisville fans probably should be patient here, but I think Kenny Payne's a solid hire.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really kind of solid hire. Um, you mentioned like the postseason ban that could be kind of. There's going to be a lot of these programs that like you have to watch, see if they get a postseason ban. Like, and we'll talk about LSU, which is literally. I mean, next. that's
1: the reason LSU has a new coach because yeah. the what the NCAA is going to come down on them with probably.
0: So, uh, Louisville, like if Louisville gets a postseason ban next year, like I don't think that's the end of the world, but.
1: But you still have to recruit through that, though, because how are you going to get a grad transfer with one year left and be like, hey, we're, you can't play in the NCAA tournament, but we want you to play here? Like, that's a tough selling point for a guy with one year of eligibility. Yeah. Like, you're well, probably not going to be able to get those guys.
0: It's a tough sell, like, this year, but, like, this. you should... also don't
1: know when the postseason ban could come. And if they get one, I, I'm guessing they probably would, but, like, when is it going to come? Like, because we saw with Oklahoma State, they got it like a week before the t- the season started, so that puts guys in a tough position.
0: Yeah, like if, although like it, my thing is if like they announce like next next Monday, all right, here's here's a postseason ban for Louisville for next season, and you're able to say, all right, we're going to be look, we're getting first year, we're going to get some like four star recruits that are kind of like two and three year players and you kind of build around them. And then you add in, you get the postseason band for next year. And then you're like, all right, come here, Dewan Wagner Jr. Uh, we don't, we're all clear after this year and that that's where I think it can be, you know, it's still going to hurt, but uh, certainly I think it's not going to be the end of the world for Louisville, if like it comes just for this upcoming season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. So, gonna be interesting to watch with kind of with all these uh, potential postseason bands, like Louisville's certainly not even the biggest name on the postseason potential postseason band list. Uh, there's there's a lot of potential schools there, but uh, moving on to another school. Is the LSU Tigers Matt McMahon takes over because Will Wade gets fired due to strong offers, very strong offers. So, uh, but anyway, Matt Matt McMahon, I'm going to give him a B for this um, uh, him, but I think he'll get in a solid you know core players, uh, and I'm giving a solid B here. I'll give it a I'll give it
1: a C. I like Matt McMahon. I think he's a good coach, but. It's just interesting because it's going to be hard to get guys there probably because of the potential postseason ban, whether it's a year or two years. They're going to get hit hard by the NCAA, I would imagine. And he's already gotten some guys in there like Juice Hill and Trey Hannibal came with him from Murray State. He got Justice Williams and uh, Milwaukee Wilkinson to stay, but everybody else that was on that roster last year left. So he's already in a tough spot. I Even if he doesn't end up being successful at LSU, I don't think that's indicative of his abilities as a head coach because it's just such a tough position. But it, you're going from Murray State to an SEC job, you have to take it. I just think he's in a tough spot, so I'll give it a C. Uh, I hope it works out, but I think I think it could be tough.
0: Yeah, it, I almost sort of like McMahon like more at a Missouri or a South Carolina, like one mm-hmm. of those jobs. Yeah, I
1: think Missouri would have worked really well, but
0: uh, yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah, so. Uh, a B for me, a C for you. Uh, Kevin Willard, he's going to Maryland. Where do you lie on this one?
1: That's a tough one. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the B. I think Kevin Willard's a really solid coach. He was able to bring Seton Hall back to relevance. He's able to get them to some tournaments, but they didn't have like overwhelming tournament success. They scored 42 points against TCU this year, and obviously Maryland's a great job. But there's always a lot of pressure there. I mean, you just look at what Mark Turgeon did. Like, he had a lot of success at Maryland in the grand scheme of things. He's able to develop NBA talent. Jalen Smith was a top-10 pick, and he resigned early this year. And Maryland fans have been asking for him to be fired for, like, four years. And the year that the tournament was canceled, they had a team capable of winning it all. So I think just the expectations are going to be so high. Like, if Maryland's not good this year, if they miss a tournament – people are probably already going to be mad at Kevin Willard. So I'm going to go with the B. I think he's a good coach, but it's a, it's not an easy job, even though it's a great job. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's, it's a tough gig because of the fan pressure.
0: And that is exactly why I'm kind of giving it, like, I'm going to give him a C minus. Like, I think Kevin Willard, if he was at, you know, a different job, I would give it more of like a B or even an A. But mm-hmm. at Maryland, I think this is kind of like a, position where it's like the fans are right away if you're not like we saw with Mark Turgeon who is kind of like very similar to what Kevin Willard did like he would have very good teams never elite teams like he's not gonna win at like he didn't never I guess he shared like one big east regular season title but he's not like that level of coach that you expect like consistent regular season titles you know deep NCAA tournament runs like what you're going to get out of Kevin Willard is basically the same thing you ran Mark Turgeon off like he's going to go you know finish fifth in the Big Ten uh, lose to Michigan State and the Big Ten semifinals and then uh, lose to lose as a six seed to whatever the three seed is like that's what you're going to get probably a lot of times out of Kevin Willard and like I, from that, like Maryland just ran off Mark Turgeon for doing basically that. So I don't like uh, that. I think Maryland, like at instead of like, like I think Kevin Willard's a fine coach, but if you're going to, if you're Maryland and you're wanting to kind of rejuvenate your program, I would swung for like a bigger swing and miss type of uh, coach.
1: Yeah, and I think probably what it comes down to is how recruiting that goes for every job, but how it goes recruiting wise, like you got to be able to land a Hunter Dickinson, who's from Maryland, you got to be able to land a Justin Lewis, who's from Maryland, if you can land those kind of guys in Maryland would be good, they just haven't had those guys in recent yeah. years. So if they had Hunter Dickinson and Justin Lewis right now, we'd March urgent would probably still be there. So if yeah. Kevin Willard's able to help get those guys in, then I think things will figure themselves out and fans will be happy. But at the end of the day, unless you're winning games in the tournament, uh, that then fans will be unhappy. Yeah, so
0: gonna be an interesting one to watch. Mississippi State they adding Chris Jans. Uh, I I went ahead and give a, gave him a B. I thought he did a really solid job at New Mexico State. My kind of only pushback is like it seems like everyone seems to win at New Mexico State, so. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's the only kind of concern. How does going from New Mexico state where you're like the class job of your league uh, to going to uh, Mississippi state where you're maybe you're kind of at a disadvantage compared to all the other sec schools. That's my biggest question, but I'm giving him a B. I'll give
1: him a C plus. I think he'll do a solid job, but again, it's Mississippi state. Like it's not a premier program. Uh, But the difference is Chris Jans plays a more modern style of basketball than what Ben Howland does uh, because Mississippi State barely shoots threes ever, and they play two big men on the floor almost exclusively. So that is not going to be what Chris Jans does. He's going to let it fly a little bit from outside. 41% of New Mexico State's shots came from three. But I'm curious how recruiting goes with Mississippi State here. They've had talent under Ben Howland for sure, no question about that. You look at Reggie Perry, you look at – the Witherspoons, you look at Iverson Molinar, who might, who's the lefty guard that I'm forgetting Lamar Peters. Like you've had some talent there, uh, Robert Woodard, you've had guys, but what, what will Mississippi state be able to do on the recruiting trail? That's kind of what I'm curious to see. I'll give it a C plus. I like it, but I, it doesn't blow me away.
0: Yeah. That's kind of how I am. Like it, it's a solid hire, but just it, it kind of needs to be like one of these play it by your type of hires as well. Mm
1: -hmm. It's not a, like, home run hire. Like, I feel like – I think Chris James is a really good coach, but I kind of want to see it.
0: Yeah. Uh, Missouri, they hire in Dennis Gates. Now, prior to uh, hiring Carlton Young, uh, I probably would have given this, like, a B-minus or something like that, but I think that hire is good enough to jump it up, like, a full air grade. So I'm going to give him a B-plus here.
1: Uh Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go B minus. I think Gates is a good coach. He was able to turn Cleveland state from one of the worst programs in the country to a good one. But again, like recruiting wise, they're probably going to have to do well in the portal pretty often. Cause I don't think Missouri is like necessarily a hotbed of talent in college basketball. Like uh, every year, how many like top 100 guys do they have? Like, I'm not, I'm honestly not sure of the number. Like, let me check here. Like, I I think they could have two
0: kind of good recruiting, like, you have St. Louis and Kansas City. That's true.
1: That is true. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. So,
0: you don't have to get the number one guys from Kansas City, but like, yeah, because both of them will go to Kansas, but like, Mm -hmm. you get like the second tier recruits. Yeah. And and I I think, like,
1: I don't think Gates will go away from what he did at uh Cleveland State necessarily either which is recruiting JUCO guys most of his rosters at Juan were comprised of JUCO guys and they added Muhammad Diarra who one of the best i think probably the best pure JUCO prospect this year really athletic big man can shoot the ball 6 foot 10 can block shots he, he's really fun to watch and i think he'll be a productive high major player but uh i, I don't know Missouri's not an easy job either so i'll give it a b minus i like Dennis Gates a lot as a coach i think he'll do a solid job but It's again, it's Missouri, not an easy gig.
0: All right. Next one up. It is Steve Perome going to Missouri state. Oh, you start this one out. Not Missouri state, but yeah. Murray state.
1: Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to go with an a because he's proven he can win there again. Uh, Most coaches that go to Murray state win. it's a great program, but now they're going over to the Missouri Valley. But when he was there before, like they went 104 and 29, they made one tournament. They won 21 plus games every single season. Uh, they won the Ohio Valley regular season uh, a couple times. I, I think I think Steve Prum will do a really good job there. Obviously, is a tough task ahead of him, though, as they lost just about everybody on the roster. So it probably won't be easy this year, but they'll retool from the portal. But I think Prum will do a really good job. He's proven he can win there before. I think he'll do it again.
0: I'm going to give him – I'll give him a C-plus here. Like, I think he'll win, win. – uh, the, the hard part is going to be transitioning into the Missouri Valley, but I think they'll get to the NCAA tournament. I just, I think he's like a coaching downgrade from Matt McMahon, uh, which is partially why I'm going there, but I think he'll well, get everybody this.
1: wins at Murray state. Like that's,
0: that's part of it too. Yeah. So I'm giving him a C plus, not the hugest Steve Prohm fan. He did go 0 18 in the big 12, like, just the season ago. So it's kind of a hesitancy there, but uh, I'll give him a C plus there. And then next up we've got Rhode Island hiring Archie Miller. I'm giving this one an A like this is Mm -hmm. as good as a hire as you can make. If you're Rhode Island, like I get Archie Miller didn't have the, you know, best career ever at Indiana. Like he didn't make an NCH tournament. My probably would have made it if you know, the 2021 doesn't get canceled, but It does, and he ends up, you know, having a kind of shortened tender there. But, uh, I mean, if you're Rhode Island, you've had uh, Dan Hurley in there in the past. Like, he's not coming back to coach Rhode Island. So this is basically the next best guy you could possibly get.
1: Yeah, I think Rhode Island just need a fresh start. David Cox just wasn't having a ton of success there. And there was, they just weren't super talented this year in comparison to other years, but I think Archie Miller will be able to do a good job. I'll also give him an A because he's proven he can win in that league before he won at Dayton where most coaches that go there win also, but we've seen Rhode Island be a winning program before under Dan Hurley. They had a lot of talent. They won a tournament game. I think he could get them back to that level where they're very competitive in the Atlantic 10. And I think he's just a perfect guy for the job. Like and that's another one, like Indiana, the job pressure you get from day one if you don't make the tournament is just so high. Like, as soon as he missed that first tournament, Indiana fans were unhappy. So you you kind of just have to get started on the right note right away at those kind of programs, or fans aren't going to like you, it seems like. So yeah. it, it was it was just kind of a tough spot, but I think he'll do a fantastic job at
0: Rhode Island. Yeah, yeah. so both going A's there. Seton Hall, uh, they are hiring Shahid Holloway. Um I'll let you start here.
1: It's a tough one because I feel like everybody's grades would have been a little different if this hire happened before St. Peter's made the elite eight, but I'll go, I'll go with a B. I think Shaheen Holloway is a really good coach and I probably would have given it like a B minus C plus before St. Peter's run, but I'll move it up to a B. I think he's a good coach, but St. Peter's offense was really bad for much of the season. Obviously you have more talented players at Seton Hall and they'll be good defensively because all Shaheen Holloway teams are. They're really good defensively. I think you'll be able to bring that to Seton Hall. But how are they going to be able to fare on the offensive end? That's really what I want to see because they were 225th, 231st in Ken Palm's offensive efficiency. But I just want to see how the offense plays at the biggest level before I give it like an A.
0: I'm going to give this an A+. Plus. I think this is – as good of a hire as uh, Seton Hall could have possibly uh, made here. And with Shahid Hall at 08, like he is, you know, someone I think going to kind of bring in a sense of culture, a sense of toughness that, you know, he kind of built when he was at St. Peter's like you think of when he was going on the elite eight run, like he was consistently saying, our guys are tougher. Our guys are the more tough team. Our guys are, you know, we're, we're New York. We're New Jersey. We're, you know, built for this. I think he's going to bring, like, a sense of, like, you know, culture within, like, the New York, uh, New Jersey area. Like, he's going to bring in probably exclusively those type of recruits. But I think the difference between that and what we've seen, you know, maybe with, like, a St. John's in the past is where, like, I think he kind of, you know, can relate to those type of players. He co- he played at Seton Hall. Uh, he's a proven kind of winner, obviously, going to – Uh, the elite eight at St. Peter's. I get the offensive concerns, but I think he's just going to be able to kind of clean up on the local recruiting trail in the New York, New Jersey area uh, and have the Seton Hall program uh, executing at a higher level than I thought, uh, you know, they were even executing under Willard. And that's going to be saying a lot because Kevin Willard was a fantastic basketball coach as well.
1: Well, I would say this, though, like you can be the toughest team when you're at St. Peter's and you can win games in the Mac because teams aren't going to be as talented as they are in the Big East. But when you're playing Big East teams, I feel like your toughness can only take you so far. Like you have to have talent. Like if you roll in there at the roster St. Peter's had last year into the Big East, they're not going to win a ton of games. I know they won three NCAA tournament games, but it's different when you're in league play and teams get to play you twice and they're familiar with what you do. So they have to be able to get talent. They have to hit the portal. They have to do that well. I think it'll work, but I'm not going to give it – I'm not at the A-plus kind of level you are.
0: Yeah, I think he'll get in those guys. Like, I think he'll get in
1: – But like we saw look. with Marquette, like, they had talent, but they were they, they were tough. That was their thing. And they didn't last long in the NCAA tournament. So, it, you know, like, I think you have to have a good amount of talent to be able to go far to win games in the tournament, If if
0: you know what I mean there. My my thing is, I think he'll have more talent than... I think the only team that will have more talent will be Villanova and Xavier. That's where mm. I'm at. Wow.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe. I, I, think, I think at some point, you'd hope Georgetown gets back in that equation, but we have to see it because they were terrible last year. So maybe, yeah. but it'll be interesting to see. Yeah.
0: Could be... Big East is going to be certainly fun to watch going forward. But uh, anyway, the American uh, gets a higher. Rob Lanier is uh, going to SMU uh, to reply or replace Tim Jankovic. I'm giving Mm. him a B here.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll give him. eh, I'll, I'll give him a B. I'll give him a B also. Won some games at Georgia State. Good defensive coach. And already added a pretty good recruit with Samuel Williamson transferring in from Louisville, a former McDonald's All-American. But they do lose Kendrick Davis, so that's a tough way to kind of start your tenure, losing the best player. But again, that's the the time we live in, you know, like with the coaching change, it's hard to keep your best player if you're uh, coming in as a new head coach. But I think I think Lanier will get them going. SMU's a pretty solid program. We've seen them win plenty before. It was just, they had too much talent to miss the NCAA tournament the last couple of years under Jankovic. He ends up retiring, I believe, so SMU, I, I think it'll take some time to get it going until they're an NCAA tournament-level team because you're not going to get a Kendrick Davis very often, but I think SMU will be pretty solid under Lanier.
0: Yeah, I, I think, you know, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I think it'll take, like, two or three years, but I think he'll have him kind of back. And, in the, and
1: the American time. will look different, too, though, because Houston's yeah. gone here, what, next year, the year after this one, so it'll be the American will be more up for grabs again.
0: Yeah. I, I think it, I think it'll be like Memphis. It'll kind of look like with conference USA with Memphis where it's like, Mm -hmm. all right, Memphis is the team to beat, but you know, you're probably going to get like two or three bids from the league in general. And SMU is going to be like consistently in the mix for one of those other bids. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. So, Uh, But solid hire there. Uh, South Carolina goes with Lamont Paris uh, out of Chattanooga. He built a really good program. He got, you know, he kind of developed some players. Uh, Malachi Smith, David Jean Baptiste. He also went with the transfer portal, adding Silvio de Sousa. Like, he's got, he has a good eye for talent. He's got a good eye for, uh, you know, the transfer portal. I'm going to give him a B-plus here, um, but yeah, I think it's a solid hire for South Carolina.
1: Yeah, I'll give him a C. I think he's a good coach. But again, I kind of want to see this one work. I I just have trouble because Frank Martin did such a good job there, got them to a Final Four. It's a rough couple of years, I get it. But man, I mean, it's going to be hard to replicate what he did. And I feel like if Lamont and Paris comes out, misses two tournaments, fans are going to be like, man. You know, we had it great with Frank Martin, but they were the ones also being like, we got to get rid of Frank Martin a year ago. So that's kind of, again, like with the fans, it's kind of tough, but I think he could do a solid job. I'm just not sure what the ceiling is for this, for South Carolina over the next couple of years. So I'll go with the C. Yeah.
0: I, I think the thing is like, it's kind of a, it's like a swing. Like if you're taking Lamont Paris, he could theoretically be worse than what Frank Martin was. Like Frank Martin, Martin was like, consistently, you're not making the NCAA tournament the past couple of years, but you're like right there in the NIT. I think Mm -hmm. South Carolina. Yeah. They didn't,
1: they didn't suck. Like they were solid. They, they were close to the NIT. They weren't terrible.
0: Yeah. But I I think South Carolina was just ready for something different there. So I don't blame them for moving on. And uh, Lamont Paris, I mean, he could be, you know, a good head coach. He could be worse than Frank Martin, who knows, but um, the future will tell us. And speaking of Frank Martin, he is going to UMass. I gave this one an A. I think that was as good of a job or as good of a head coach hiring as UMass could possibly made, so I'm gonna give him an A
1: yeah i I think it's a great hire because I think Frank Martin will be able to do a good job. You have a coach who was in a final four like you're not going to get John Calipari going to UMass again like and UMass hasn't been good in a while like their last good season came in 2013 2014 uh and they made the ncaa tournament as a six seed so they were they, they've had good seasons in the past it just hasn't happened in almost a decade so i think frank martin will be able to get guys in though he'll probably have a, a staff that recruits well and I already got two guys to come with him from south carolina wildens who could be an all-conference guy because he was already pretty solid at the, at the SEC level. I think he'll be good at this level. And uh, Taquan Woodley coming in also from South Carolina. So I think the Gamecocks will be pretty good, or the uh, the Minutemen will be pretty good. But, again, they haven't been good in a while. I think if he could get them to, like, 20 wins over the next two seasons, even if they don't make the tournament, I think it's a good hire. Did I give it a grade? I'll give it plus. B+. B+. plus. Yeah. All right.
0: All right. Last one here, uh, Xavier. Uh, they are hiring Sean Miller. How do you like this one? I'll
1: give it, I think I'll give it an A plus. I think that's the highest I'll go. I think I, I said, I was going to keep it to Golden and Shire as A's, but I kind of forgot Sean Miller's in this for some reason. So I'll give Sean Miller an A plus. He did a great job at Xavier the first time. And even though he didn't win a national title at Arizona, he had them pretty deep in the tournament pretty often. I think he'll do a great job at Xavier. and We're already seeing this team could be really good next year. get Colby Jones back, you get Jack Nungy back. Those two already announced they're back. Uh, Did they they add a transfer? I feel like they did, but I can't remember. But they're in the mix for several transfers. Uh, They got their top two recruits to stay committed this year. So I think that Xavier will be really good under Sean Miller and maybe the best team in the conference outside of Villanova over the next five to ten years.
0: Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly like kind of the underrated thing with Sean Miller is like how how many great players he had at uh Arizona like that was a A lot of them machine like he had Arizona running a you know full steam ahead they were getting five star after five star and then like obviously you have the kind of FBI probe going over Arizona uh this past season and what does he do he finds diamond of the rough. Like, he finds Ben McMatherin, uh, Tubellas, mm. uh, you know, Christian Coloco, like, those type of players that are, like, three- and four-year type of players. And, yeah. you know, I get he didn't coach them into being, you know, the team they wore last season, but he still found those guys. So, I mean, even at you know, and, at Xavier, like, he's still going to be able to, you know, maybe he's not going to be able to find the, you know, five-star DeAndre Ayton-level players. But he's going to find like the Benedict Matherin and the uh, Tubelas and Coloco, like those type of players. And he's going mm-hmm. to bring like a modern style of basketball to uh, Xavier. And I think this Xavier program is going to, with him at the helm, like he's a pretty good, you know, X's and O's coach. He's a good recruiter. He's a good kind of program builder. Uh, I get he might be like suspended for a little bit of a time next season, but. I think if you're Xavier, you live with that. And uh, whenever he is unsuspended and coming out of um, wherever the NCAA sh- sanctions that might be, you know, surrounding him, wherever he's coming out of that, uh, you're going to get, you know, I-, I would say Jay Wright's pretty clearly like the obvious best coach in the bees, but ha- be the second best coach in the bees. So uh, I really like this hire, and I'm giving it an a plus as well.
1: And I mentioned fan pressure with some of these other jobs. There's not going to be a ton of fan pressure here because Xavier fans were maybe not patient, but I would say fairly patient with the lack of success over recent years, the fading and missing the tournament under Travis Steele, who I think is still a solid coach. I think he will do good at Miami, Ohio, but it was probably, it was time to move on after missing the tournament as often as they did under him, not making one over four years. Uh, But Sean Miller, comes in with so much fan support already like of yeah. all the hires i feel like even over like john shire maybe like every single xavier fan in existence and they have a lot of fans support this move and they love this move that's who they wanted before travis Steele is even fired that's who xavier fans wanted they got their guy i think it's gonna work perfectly i think he's gonna be able to get them plenty of wins i think he's gonna get them to the tournament and he already has a good squad in year one i think they'll be in the tournament pretty pretty early there i think he won't miss a beat and they'll be back in the tournament next year
0: yeah, like this is like such a universally appraised hire. Like we we, you could touch on like any other hire that went on this offseason. Like there's going to be some pushback. Like I think Seton Hall is probably as good as like Seton Hall could have possibly wanted. Like they would have gotten Holloway had they not even gone on that NCAA tournament run. So that mm-hmm. fact he have yeah. kind of gets to show himself on the national stage, then go to Seton Hall is kind of big. But I, I don't think any Xavier fan is not loving the hire of Sean Miller. I think uh, they all recognize that, you know, the Travis Steele era, He Travis Steele, like he had good recruits in, like they won games, but never really put it together. I think Sean miller's going to be able to put it together and then some.
1: Yeah, and with Travis Steele just closing it out on Xavier there, it's kind of the same thing, like I said, with Jankovic. Like, they had too much talent to miss the tournament like they did. Like, they should have been good this year. They should have been good. And if before the year, I think everybody was like, all right, if they don't make it this year, then Travis Steele's going to get fired. And that's what happened. They had too much talent to miss a tournament this year. Paul Scruggs, Nate Johnson came back. They couldn't make the tournament. His coaching time at Xavier was done. I don't think they'll miss the tournament very often under Sean Miller.
0: And then the funniest thing is, like, he's not coaching in the NIT, and they win the NIT. Yeah,
1: and Jonas Hayes, uh, great hire by Georgia State. I think they did a terrific job there. Just uh, to be able to replace Rob Lanier did such a good job coming in after Ron Hunter. I think Jonas Hayes showed how good of a coach he can be because he got, he, I think a lot of the NIT comes with motivation for the upper seeds. Like some of them probably just don't aren't as motivated to play in the NIT. The NCAA tournament's going on around the same time. And obviously you want to be there, but if you can get your guys to buy in and play hard in the NIT and just blow teams out uh, kind of like Xavier did throughout some of the NIT, then I think that goes to show how good of a coach you are. And Jonas Hayes, I think will do a terrific job in the Sun
0: Belt. Yeah. I, hot take. He is the best coach in the state of
1: Georgia. Huh? How many teams are in Georgia? Georgia well, State, Georgia,
0: Georgia, Georgia, Tech, Georgia
1: Southern, Georgia Tech. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I, I, I have I have no opinion on that for the moment. I'd have to think about it more. That's my hot take here. Yeah, I'd have to, I'd have to think about it. I think he's a great coach. I think yeah. he'll do a great job.
0: So anyway, that, that will wrap it up for our coaching grades. Now we move on to the portal. Uh, Debuting this new segment is our portal pickup of the week. Uh, We're going to give a high major and a mid-major portal edition and uh, call it our portal pickup of the week. I'll start with my mid-major just because we already touched on it, uh, which is Dwan Odom falling uh, Jonas Hayes down to Georgia State. Uh, I think this is good pickup for Jonas Hayes. This is certainly a Georgia State team that I think going forward is going to probably remain as the team to beat in the Sun Belt. Uh, they certainly finished the year strong la- last year and uh, push Gonzaga in that one sixteen matchup. I think they're going to be uh, with Odom in there. I think he's going to be a really good uh, overall piece and uh, going to help this Georgia State team. Uh, I, I'm gonna say win the Sun Belt next year as well. Yeah, mine's
1: probably gonna be a bit of, an, an, of a a bit of an obvious one. I'm gonna go with Eric Gaines here as my mid-major pick for from UAB, transferring in from LSU, an elite defender who'll help replace Quan Jackson and Andy Kennedy. Like you talk about Eric Musselman being one of the best coaches to recruit the portal. I think Andy Kennedy's right up there. What he's been able to do at UAB. Like, if he lands someone from the portal, more often than not, they're going to be a solid contributor. We've seen it with Trey Jemison, KJ Buffin, Quan Jackson, Mike Ertle Jelly Walker. They've just had so many guys. If they're able to get Jelly Walker back for the extra year, KJ Buffin, Trey Jemison, I think they could be a top 25 team in the preseason. They're, they very well could be that for me. Uh, and just adding a guy like Eric Gaines, who played just about 30 minutes in the SEC for a tournament team is just an unbelievably good addition at this level. But I'll give an honorable mention here to a uh, California Baptist, adding Joe Quintana, an elite shooter from Loyola Marymount, shot like 43% from three, one of the best free throw shooters in the country. You add him to the fold with Taron Armstrong, just a tremendous playmaker at the point guard spot. You get Trey Armstrong, his is older brother as a shooter, Reed Nottage as a shooter. And then you have a few other shooters in, in that mix too, like Ty Rowell. He's a knockdown shooter. And the thing about California Baptist is this is going to be their first year eligible for the NCAA tournament because it's their fourth year in division one basketball. Uh, it, I think, I think they'll be good. They also had Riley Batten who could be like a stretch five for him coming in from Utah, Hunter Goodrick from South Dakota. I think, I think uh, Rick Croy has a really good squad on his hands and they've been pretty, pretty solid during their time at the D one level. They've had a winning season every single year. And they have a team that I think could compete in the WAC this year.
0: I'm, yeah, good. Very good hire. Uh, for my high major, uh, pickup. I'm going to go with uh, Eric Gaines's teammate. Uh, that is Brandon Murray. I think he's going to be a solid addition uh, for this uh, Georgetown team. Look, Patrick Ewing. I mean, it was it was not pretty for uh, what happened last season. They did not infamously uh, did not win uh, no a game in the Big East. Mm-mm. So I mean. You obviously Euro. gotta start from somewhere, but getting, you know, a potential, I would say like at the moment, maybe top ten uh players in the transfer portal to uh, kind of come in and uh be you know in the mix. I mean, he he was someone that as a freshman was really good. Like he averaged uh 10 points a game, uh was a good passer, good you know, assist man, good rebounder, uh was you know a all freshman team, like having Him into the mix is certainly going to be big. Uh, You know, look, the Georgetown team still has a long way to go before they're, you know, in the mix for being even close to the NCAA tournament. But you got to start somewhere and getting a sophomore guard that I think you can kind of build around going forward is a good place to start.
1: Yeah, I'll go with another wing that could be in the NBA. I think Brandon Murray's an NBA talent. I think he could be like a first-team all-Big East guy. He'll be their go-to guy because Georgetown still doesn't have a ton of talent, but he'll be their most talented player. I'll go with Will Richard from Florida transferring in from Belmont. A good athlete. I think he has like a 6'10 wingspan. He's 6'5", can shoot the ball. He can defend. I think he'll do great in Todd Golden's system, especially after losing Kawasee Reeves to the transfer portal, even though he's still keeping Florida as an option. I think that makes the addition of Will Richard even more important, and he's going to fit what Todd Golden does. He loves guys with size that can shoot the basketball. He has a guy with size that can shoot the basketball with Will Richard.
0: Yeah, I mean, th- this Warriors team could be pretty solid. Like, you get Richard, uh, give Castleton back, like, kind of, you fill out that roster with some good guard play, and I, I think this Todd Golden could have himself a top twenty-five team next season.
1: Got to get some guards for sure. I mean, after losing Tyree Appleby, you, know, you need to add you need to add a few guards, and that's really where Todd Golden was able to have success at San Francisco with Jamari Bouye and Khalil Shabazz and Gabe Stefanini. So if he's able to get some guards into, they're in the top ten list for Terry Roberts to transfer from Bradley, and I think the I think that could uh, keep them in the top twenty five conversation.
0: And were, and, were, were, and maybe were they getting. in the top thirty list for uh, uh, Kendrick Davis?
1: I mean, if they didn't get Kendrick Davis, too, that'd be that'd be impressive. I mean, but that's the thing. Like every single school in the country wants Kendrick Davis because uh, he's one of the best point guards in the country, which goes to show how ridiculous it was that he was not on the top 10 of the koozie watch list. Like, I don't understand that at all. Like, that is one of the yeah. wildest things I've ever seen in my life.
0: It's not even that he wasn't uh, top 10, which is or top five, which in itself was wrong. Like, he wasn't even top 10. Like, where are we That's doing just here?
1: baffling to me? I I don't understand how that can be the case.
0: Yeah. Like I would like given what, what metric
1: guard- has. Yeah. What metric has him as not a top 10 point guard in the country? None of them. That's the answer. So yeah. like, I, it's crazy.
0: I think like, I probably would have said like at the end of the season, I would have ranked uh, Gillespie number one, uh, Andrew Denmark number two. And then I would mm-hmm. put Kendrick Davis number three.
1: I would have went Gillespie one Davis two. Uh, that's where the list ends because SMU is like not even close to an NIT team without Kendrick yeah. Davis. Like they're probably not even in the CIT, the CBI, whichever one doesn't exist anymore. They aren't in that one either. Like they aren't even close to any postseason contention without Kendrick Davis last year.
0: Where like last year they Davis like misses a game against against Temple, Temple. yep, and they right. lose. Uh huh. And then like three days later they play Memphis. And Davis is there and they win by like 20.
1: Hmm. Hey, that's the Kendrick Davis factor. That's why every school in the country wants him. Like, yeah. I, I think just thinking about it, like him at Gonzaga, I can't think of a better fit in the world than that. Like, obviously you have Nolan Hickman. And I'm not saying you, I don't have any intel either way, just thinking about it. Him at Gonzaga would just be so perfect. Like, I get Nolan Hickman will probably be good, but you know Kendrick Davis is good. Like you don't have to be like, okay, we'll see how good Nolan Hickman can be this year. You know, Kendrick Davis will be good.
0: Here are the schools reaching out to Kendrick Davis so far uh, from Jeff Goodman, Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, Gonzaga, Villanova, Texas Tech, Texas, Houston, TCU, Florida, Purdue, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, DePaul, Xavier, Texas A&M, NC State, Memphis, Maryland, Oregon, BYU Kansas State Georgetown Louisville.
1: that's so many teams. but it, it's it's awesome to see though like for a guy and like Florida Kendrick made Davis, the
0: list.
1: for a guy like Kendrick Davis though like who I don't know how heavily recruited he was after transferring from TCU I, that's part of why I love the portal though because this this guy Kendrick Davis who was a great player at SMU gets to pretty much choose where he wants to go I, yeah. I think that's awesome like he he's gonna have schools disappointed that he didn't pick them rather than he be disappointed that a school didn't reach out to him because if he wants to go somewhere, they will take it like Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, Gonzaga, Villanova. If Villanova's reaching out to you, you know that you're good. Yeah. Uh, what would be an interesting one. He could go back to TCU. Man. Oh man. I, I, if he goes back to TCU, I'll probably have them top seven. Probably.
0: Yeah. I, it's too early to I think properly rank every single team. Uh where we Top would 10 happen. for
1: sure. Top yeah. 10 for sure. But I would be curious to see how Miles, who's also a ball dominant guy and him work together too. Like in theory, I think it sounds great, but I, how would that dynamic play out? I I Cuz obviously I think, Kendrick Davis is your point guard if you get him.
0: Yeah. I think you have like they they'll work it out like you're going to have possessions where, like, Davis can play off the ball, let Miles can play. Miles will probably play primarily off the ball, and they're not going to play for you, man. Like, it's better to have two-point guards than none. Like, I agree, and that's
1: why I would like TCU to a ton. But I, I think for, like, Miles, I, I'm sure Mike Miles would love it. I think he'd do fine as a two-guard. But I'm just curious what it would look like, just how different he would be. Like, would he be less aggressive? Would he shoot the ball from three more? And he's not an elite shooter, but he can hit them. I think he was like thirty-five percent as a freshman, thirty-two, thirty-three this year. I just I I'd just be curious to see how different of a player that makes Mike Miles.
0: I I think it would get more space. That's it could it help.
1: Yeah, it could. And I think they'd be really good though, if that happens.
0: As is, I think they're like a pretty clear top twenty-five team. Like at least as of this moment, like because they're I mean, Damian Bogus went out uh into the NBA draft, I assume he'll come back. Uh, you've got uh, Eddie, Eddie Lampkin. Lampkin, very, very funny player just to watch as, as a whole. But he's I mean, when back. he
1: did the two little celebration on Christian Coloco, that might be the funniest thing I've ever seen. Like yeah. he does not lack for confidence and I love players like that. Like guys that are just excited guys that love showing emotion. I know some people don't like the emotion. I think that's kind of crazy. Like I, I love all the emotion you can get. Like he was just so exciting to watch against Arizona.
0: Yeah. Like he he just like back Coloco like he Christian Coloco is like a at worst top three defender in the sport and he's backing him down at score. Like
1: the, the Kofi funny couldn't thing, even do that. Kofi Coburn
0: could not do that. Yeah. The the funny thing like too is like he's he used he's like a very good kind of feel good sword because he was like three hundred and twenty pounds come out of high school or something like that Mm -hmm. he redshirted yeah yeah redshirted dropped down to like whatever he's I think he's at like 260 maybe right now
1: yeah like that that just shows like how and that that, like you said it makes it makes the story even better because he put all that work in to get in better shape to get on the court after redshirting his first year and to become the guy he was how important he was to TCU because they're not where they are without him no question last year so the fact that he was able to put in all that work to be a to be, be to be a better player is just awesome to see, and that makes uh, you know I, hard workers are always easy guys to root for, and you can just tell Eddie Lampkin's a hard worker. Yeah,
0: so uh, TCU going to be fun to watch, uh, especially with Mike Miles back. So uh, probably top twenty-five team. North Carolina they still have they still need to return Caleb Love and RJ Davis, but sounds like they're going to return everyone but Brady Mannick from uh, last year's team. So. The Tar Heels looking like a you know early contender to be a top five team.
1: I'm glad to see it. Like Baycott announced, he's back. I thought deep down he would come back. Yeah, but you never know. Like there's guys that aren't top 100 projected picks. Even though there's not a hundred picks. Like you could be outside ESPN's top 100, and there's still been guys that leave. And obviously, I don't think Armando Baycott. No matter what he does, it's one of those situations. Like, he'll probably not be in the NBA too long. Like, he just doesn't fit the modern-day NBA. He's a great rebounder. He he plays super hard. He's he's strong. He, I think he's a really fun player, but he's just not going to last long in the NBA. Just the way the NBA is, It's it's hard to be a big man that can't shoot, that isn't overly fast, that can last. So I don't think he will last super long, but he can make a lot of money on NIL, especially after that championship game run. I think he could be the preseason national player of the year, even if Oscar Shibwe returns, even if Drew Timmy returns, even if Kofi Coburn returns. But that kind of shows me like gives me a little more like, okay, do all those guys return? Because they're all kind of in the same position. None of them. Maybe Shibwe gets drafted. Maybe Timmy gets drafted. I doubt Kofi would get drafted. But all those same guys, like, do you just want to start your pro career and get it going? Or do you want to come back and be the best player on your team, on a really good team, make the tournament, maybe win a national championship? Try that one more time instead of go pro, go through the G League, maybe get on a two-way deal at best and see what happens. Because you can be on a two-way deal like Kessler Edwards and have it figured out but that's different because he's the guy that can shoot the ball there's been some like jose alvarado you knew he was going to at least get a chance because of how he defends and how he can shoot and he's a guard it it just probably isn't going to work that way for those guys because they don't fit in today's nba it just is what it is and it's unfortunate because they would have all been first round picks 20 years ago but i I think him staying in college is just awesome
0: yeah like getting Yeah, I think it it does speak to kind of like the position that like all these centers are returning, like centers are basically, they're pretty replaceable when it comes to NBA, but in college, like they're so, they're so dominant in uh, college Mm -hmm. basketball. Like you you get a big man, like Baycott, like Sheboy, like Kofi, like you, you're set. Like you can just throw the ball, you late in games, uh, downed up post and you're can be pretty relied upon to get a uh Part of that is like you don't have you know necessarily elite level shooting on the wing. You don't have to you know defend in space as much. But at the same point, I think that that's su- certainly you know super big for uh, North Carolina to get Baycott back. Yeah, you know, I think the big one to watch out for is Caleb Love. If he returns, like that's where North Carolina is returning everyone. Uh except, except for Manic. Yeah. And look, Manic was a big player, but uh like you're expecting Davis, you're expecting Love to kind of take a step forward. Uh probably Puff Johnson take a step forward. Baycott's gonna be, you know, a top fifteen player in the sport. Uh you're also getting in depth with pieces like Seth Trimble and Jalen Washington as freshmen. So I mean this is a North Carolina team, I think, going to be you know, assuming love returns, which I mean, the jury's still out on uh, probably a pretty clear top five team in the sport. Maybe even the preseason number one.
1: Yeah. And leaky black hasn't made his official decision either, but obviously getting him back for defensive purposes would be big, but Caleb loves a guy that shot 37% from the field. Obviously he had some huge games, but also he was not good in the championship game to say the least He was five for 24. Like that's, I think NBA teams see the talent. They're like, this guy can be a legit player. But then they look at the numbers and be like, he takes some bad shots. He shot 37% from the field. If he shoots 44% from the field and 40% from three next year, he'll get drafted, I think.
0: Yeah. Like, I think the other thing, too, is, like, he can, like, the same way with Baycott, like, Love could return to North Carolina and make a ton of money on NIL. Mm Mm-hmm. Like I but think that's that's under it really is
1: too. different though, because he can improve his draft stock to where Baycott could drop twenty five and twenty five and he's still probably not gonna be picked before like fifty.
0: Yeah. That's fair.
1: But like he could put up like straight like literally he could put up straight up put up twenty five and twenty five and he's still probably not gonna be a top forty five pick. It just kinda that's kinda what it is.
0: Yeah. That's how it is, pound for centers, but Unfortunate, but it's the time we live in. Wyoming, they look like they're going to be pretty good next season. Good,
1: because
0: uh, I mean Jeff Lerner getting him back was certainly uh, big. Looked like he might be a potential coaching candidate out there, but uh, he is back. And then you return Ike Maldonado, uh, Xavier Ducell, and oh, by the way, just going to go out add Max Agbon Polo. Ethan Anderson, and Jake and Wyoming, are they the team to beat? I still think it's San Diego State, but uh, they might be the team to beat in the Mountain West.
1: Could be Colorado State if Roddy returns, but he did lose Kendall Moore, so that's that's a blow, a, a big blow. But I think that if you get Roddy back, they'll be in the mix. But Max Agbong Polo, like I've called him the breakout player in the Pac-12 for two years. It hasn't worked out, but – it's just because of how talented he is he can defend literally every position on the floor he's super athletic he can shoot the ball he's not a great shooter but I think his athleticism will be a lot more evident in the mountain west than it was in the pac 12 like I think he could be a 12 13 point per game guy and if they're able to get Maldonado back you get your six foot seven floor general back then you get Agbonk Polo six foot nine you get EK back six foot nine six foot ten uh, then you he, he has a pretty big wingspan though, and then you get shooters around him like Xavier Ducell, Brandon Wenzel, Jake Kyman, who was always productive when he was on the floor. just didn't happen much because they kept adding talent at USC or at UCLA, and then Ethan Anderson, who's gonna be a great defender. So I, I love what Jeff Linder was able to do and if Hunter Maldonado's back, I think they have a chance to make some real noise be a be better than a, an 11 seed in the first four and hopefully Hunter Maldonado would be able to show the country a little more of what he actually is as a player instead of his struggles against Indiana. Which, Like, that was one of the things, that's one of the things I hate about the tournament is that, not hate, just dislike, I guess, about the tournament, is that great players like Malachi Smith at Chattanooga and Hunter Maldonado, who might not get that much shine uh, on, like, big-time, primetime games during the season, uh, have one bad game, and that's how fans will see them. Fans that only watch the tournament, so that's kind of what I what I dislike. But I think Maldonado can come back and make a lot of noise this year. And if you're Maldonado, and you were on the fence about coming back before keeping your eligibility, seeing additions like this has to make you even more intrigued to want to come back.
0: Yeah, like I, I would be wanting to come back this season. Like you, you've got a potential for being a top twenty-five team. uh I know last year, like they end up being in the first four, but I that's not really the like the first four is part of the tournament, but it's not like the full on. Oh, oh no, experience. we're not.
1: No, we can't get into this argument. The first four is absolutely the tournament.
0: It's it's the tournament, but it's like it's not like the same experience as playing like that's so, true.
1: Yeah, an NCAA
0: tournament game and like winning an NCAA tournament game as well.
1: Like yeah, if yeah. you
0: make it to the Sweet Sixteen at Wyoming, they put up a. Statue of you. Like, that's true. That's true. The yeah, that's,
1: true. That, that's fair. Yeah, that is true. And I, it's just, I think, just thinking about the potential of this team, it's just crazy how good they can be if they just get Maldonado back. We'll see if it happens. If it does, they've returned literally almost everybody except for Drake Jeffries, who's a great shooter. But I think Jake Kyman or Xavier Ducell or Brandon Wenzel could be just as good. So, yeah.
0: Another big addition is Gary on Trammell out of Seattle. He's going to San Diego state. I, what kind of played San Diego state last year is late in the shot clock. It was Matt Bradley, Matt Bradley, Matt Bradley, only Matt Bradley can really create his own offense. Now you have someone that can actually help create his own offense. And Trammell uh, would've been certainly big in that frame game when they couldn't get anything going. Uh, But uh, now you have a good, Duo with Bradley Trammell. you have you know elite defenders. You have, you still have Peshad Johnson. Uh, you have Mel- Lamont uh, Butler. You've got uh, M. Seiko. Uh, so this this is going to be a San Diego State team uh, once again in p- position to uh, win the Mountain West title.
1: Yeah, I, I'm just so impressed by what San Diego State was able to do last year without anybody outside of Matt Bradley being able to go get a timely bucket. Like there was some times where I was like, they might just be better off just having a shot clock violation than taking a shot when they're leading late in games, because they just couldn't make shots. It was just crazy. But I From day one, you kind of knew that was going to be a problem. Just looking at it outside of Matt Bradley, there just wasn't much there. I think Chad Baker-Mazzara's in for a much improved season. Got some more playing time as the season rolled on. we are getting a very good pick-and-roll player with a lot of shooting, potentially can make some tough shots, and he's going to have a very good one-two punch with Bradley, and it's perfect because sometimes you're like, okay, how can Mike Miles and Kendrick Davis, if that were to happen, how can they play together? You don't have to question how Darion Trammell and Matt Bradley will play together because Bradley isn't a point guard. He's, he's a wing. He's a two. He doesn't play at the ball in his hands most times. He's able to create for himself, no question. That's probably where he's best. But he having a great point guard will only make him better. So I think Matt Bradley could be the preseason conference player of the year. Darion Trammell, I don't think he's going to be Malachi Flynn. I think he'll be better than Terrell Gomez. He's going to be somewhere in between. I said that on the YouTube video about him. I think he'll be like a 12, 13, 14 point per game guy with five or six assists and be an all-conference caliber guy. I think he could be great. And obviously the team will be really good defensively. Haven't seen anything on whether Nathan Mensah is going to return for the COVID year or not. But Even if he doesn't get Jaden Lede transfer from TCU, uh, and I'm sure they'll be active in the portal looking for a defensive big man. So I think San Diego state right now, I would have them top 25. All
0: right. Uh, Arkansas, they added a collection of transfers. They got in the Mitchell twins. They uh, got in Jalen Graham. Um, have some interesting additions, they've got you know, certainly good front court. They also had Trevon uh, Brazil uh, coming in, so like that one, yeah, yeah. I, I think this is this is kind of an interesting team to watch. Like Jalen Williams' draft decision is going to be certainly, I think, the biggest one. Uh, Devo Davis has announced he's coming back. Uh, you obviously have the terrific freshman class of Nick Smith, Jordan Walsh, and Anthony Black, so. It's going to be be an interesting, fun team to kind of watch this season.
1: If they added the Mitchell Twins and Jalen Graham and Jalen Williams was for sure gone, then I would get it, but I would guess Jalen Williams is back, so I don't really get it. Like, you could have gotten just Jalen Graham and used the two other scholarships elsewhere or just gotten the Mitchell Twins and used that other scholarship elsewhere. It just seems like they have too many big men if if Jalen Williams comes back. Like, cause Jalen Williams is going to start at the five. Uh, So Jalen Graham is, you know, Jalen Graham who isn't a shooter play at the four. He can, he's athletic, but he can't shoot. Neither can the Mitchell twins. And I don't think that would work them playing the four for long periods of time, maybe occasionally for defense, you can put Graham there at the four, but I I just don't see how this works. So I'm curious to see what unfolds. Maybe there'll be more moves. We'll have to see, but uh, it's just interesting to me. I think Jalen Graham's a good one. I think, the Mitchell twins could be fine off the bench. I just don't necessarily get it if Jalen Williams comes back,
0: yeah, I could see a situation where like they also add in uh you know some stretch four or something like that, and the Mitchell twins, kind of realizing that they might be getting pinched out of the rotation, end up decommitting and going somewhere else like I could totally see that happening.
1: We'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens. It's just confusing to look at the roster and see that many bigs. But like Travon Brazil, he'll be your four man and yeah. he's really good. So I, I think that's a huge addition. I think that's a classic like Eric Musselman, big time get from the portal. The other three, I think Graham's good. Uh, I don't know how big of a role he'll play at Arkansas. Kind of the same deal as the Mitchells. We'll see how it unfolds, but just a lot of scholarships to big men.
0: Illinois, they really needed a uh, good guard, and they get one. Sky Clark uh, has decided he's going to be there. He uh, was kind of a back half, five-star recruit, originally committed to Kentucky, decommitted. The big question, of course, is Kofi Coburn. If he is back, then this is probably you know potential top 25 team. If he's not back, this is still a team in a bit of a rebuild. But uh, mm-hmm. we, we're waiting to see on uh, – what Coburn end, ends up doing, but certainly getting uh, a your competent guard in there and Sky Clark, certainly big. Yeah, and you lose
1: Curbello, which is one of those situations. He probably just needed a fresh start. He had a yeah. bad year. Uh, obviously, the concussion, that was unfortunate. I think Curbello could still be good somewhere else. It was just, you know, change of scenery. It happens in sports. You need a change of scenery sometimes. I think that was kind of the situation go to a different program, see what can happen. Obviously, the talent was there. It just didn't work out this year, and that's a loss because maybe he could have got it going again at Illinois. Who knows? But if you get Kofi Coburn back, they're going to be a top 25 team. No question. But I still would like to see them add an experienced guard because if Sky Clark comes in as the only reliable guard option at the point guard spot as a true freshman, I feel like that puts a true freshman in a tough spot. Like If you could have an experienced point guard who doesn't have to be Kendrick Davis, just be someone that's experienced, uh, it can defend, can be like a Jamari Wheeler type of player. Not great, but good enough to where he could just be like a guy that comes in when you need the situation to calm down a little bit. Because uh, sometimes freshmen have up and down times. Like that's what happens. Not all freshmen are going to be Paulo Bancaro. Like there's freshmen that like Jalen Suggs had a couple of weeks where he struggled at times. So it'll there's going to be some up and downs with Sky Clark probably. So getting an experienced guy who can defend and has a low turnover rate, I think that would be a good addition. I'm curious to see if they can find that guy. I think that'd be big for them. But it'll be interesting to see how Illinois goes this year because they haven't had tournament success. They got to the round of 32 the last two years with Io DeSumo, with Kofi Coburn. If Kofi's gone, that was some missed opportunities, not being able to get past the first weekend.
0: Yeah. I I do like, like, even if this upcoming season isn't great, like let's say Kofi goes to draft, I do like the core Illinois is starting to kind of accumulate like theoretically like Sky Clark could be one and done, but I think he's more of like a two and done guy. But like if you get, you know, sophomore year, Sky Clark, you get senior year, Coleman Hawkins, junior year, Dane Danger, who I think can be solid. You get Jane Epps, Cedar Harris, uh, Ty Rogers as sophomores, you get Melendez as your junior, Uh, you get, uh, Luke Goody is a junior. Like, I think that could be, like, may not next season because next season they're probably still going to be young even if they do return Coburn. But Super senior fall, year, Kofi. Hey, if, if Illinois can make that happen, like keep him around for a super senior year, that team could be very dangerous.
1: And also something I think about with some of these guys, I'm not sure where Coburn ranks on. He has to be, like, up there in Illinois rebounds list, I would guess, right? Like, all-time. Like, Baycott yeah. will be the all-time leading rebounder. He could maybe be up there for points uh, at top 10. But, like, Drew Timmy, he has a good chance at being the top scorer in program history if he comes back. Trace Jackson Davis, if he comes back, he'll probably be top four in Indiana all-time scoring. Like, there's just – all these guys that have been so productive, like you get the NIL factor and you get just being like a program legend. Like if you go back and looking at the leaderboards, you'll be there for a lot of these guys. So I I wonder what, if that goes into account a lot, but I feel like it's something that could play a little bit of a role.
0: Yeah, certainly could. So um, another nice addition here, it is Mark Sears going to Alabama. This is a team kind of getting a little bit of a, Backcourt overhaul—you get JD Davidson uh, declaring for the draft, so he's out of there. Um, still, I think there's a lot of question marks with this Alabama team, but certainly Mark Sears is a really good addition. Like he's a—you know—he can go out, he can create his own offense, he can create offense for others. So, I think this is a really important add for this Alabama team.
1: Yeah, I think it is too. I mean, I you question how a mid major guard will translate his production to the high major level, but when you have the kind of feel Mark Sears has, he can shoot the ball. He has high major talent and he performed against high major teams this year. I think he'll be very good. I think he'd be like a thirteen four and six guy at Alabama. Maybe 14. He, he's a guy that will translate. Like, he could he could be really good for Alabama, especially in their system. Javon Quinterly, I, probably gone, even though he got hurt in the final game of the year against Notre Dame. He uh, went through senior day. He's going to be 24 this year. Sounds like he could be gone just based on the senior day thing. And then Jane Shackelford entered the draft. He's testing the waters again, I guess. He did last year, too. So, who knows if he's gone. His stock isn't super high, but he could also just go pro. Uh, but it, that would make the addition of Mark Sears even more important. But yeah. Namari Burnett could be the X factor for Alabama this year.
0: Yeah. I mean, even if, like, if Quinterly, if you're assuming, like, both, you're not thinking both Quinterly and Shackleford are back. Like, Quinterly, you mentioned probably gone. so. He,
1: I think that, he's gone. But, like, Shackleford's yeah. also not a point guard. So. Yeah. That's, like, he's like a you could get him. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: And. I guess theoretically, like, if both return, then, like, Sears can be, like, your Energizer Bunny six-man, but, like, odds are one of those guys is gone, most likely, clearly. Then you have Mark Sears as your point guard, Shacklefer as your two, or Namari Burnett as your two. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know what they would do, kind of, at the three, but you have Bediaku at the five. Um, You have Noah Gurley at the four. Yeah, Noah Gurley at the four.
1: Darius so, Miles
0: will play some minutes. Yeah. Uh, you got some freshmen, like you've got Brandon Miller and Jane Bradley as well. So could be an interesting team to watch. But mm-hmm. gang Mark Sears makes it all possible. So uh that's a big one. Uh Ali, Ali. He he is heading to Butler. Uh we mentioned, you know, how weren't sure that mine would be a great hire. Uh, we're both still, I think a little bit unsure, but Hey, you, you got to start somewhere and getting a, lead, a lead, uh to kind of come in be kind of a stretch for not an elite defender by any means, but you can come in, you know, space the floor at that four spot. And uh, I think they're, they're a solid center away from being at least in a, in IT team next season.
1: I kind of see him more as like a Trey Murphy kind of guy. I don't really think he would do great at the four defensively because he does have some defensive struggles, but he's six, eight athletic enough and can shoot the basketball. I think he'd be perfect as a six, eight wing, but they have to add guys to be able to play the four and the five, because right now you're starting five is John Michael Malloy. So you need to add some guys there, but you get Chuck Harris, you get Jaden Taylor. That's a solid foundation to start with Ali Ali, probably double digit score, like a 36, plus percent shooter from outside. I think it's a good addition for Butler.
0: Yeah. Right now, I would probably roll out Tate at the point, Harris 2, Taylor 3, Ali Ali 4, and then maybe Miles Wilmouth at the 5. I'm not a big John Michael. That's probably not a a great team.
1: Still some work to do.
0: Yeah. Got to get some more portal pieces, but got to start somewhere. Mm Mm-hmm. So... Uh, solid addition there. Jalen Llewellyn uh, is off to Clemson. My um, Princeton Tigers. Let's go. Princeton Tigers, Clemson Tigers.
1: Princeton Tigers legend. Yeah. I don't know that would go that far. He played three years there, but he was great. I mean, he's a great shot creator, uh, can make things happen off the dribble. Great shooter. Kept the – he really improved this year after the year off of not playing. I think he'll be really good this year. Goes, like you said, from one Tiger to another Tiger – Clemson needed some guard play after losing Alamir Dawes, Nick Honor. I think he's better than both those players. I think Alamir Dawes is solid. Nick Honor struggled a bit. He isn't very big. That was an issue for him, it seemed like, at the ACC level after coming in from Fordham. But I I think getting a guy like Llewellyn, he'll be a scorer that works at this level. Then you have P.J. Hall, who's only going to keep getting better. He's really good already. Hunter Tyson, Chase Hunter should get a little better. Maybe you add a little bit more from the portal. And like, if they make the tournament this year, Brad Brunel probably saves his job. So, maybe they could get a little bit more. Uh, I'm not sure if Brunel gets fired if they don't make the tournament. But if they do, I would suspect he's there at least a couple more years. So, that's a big ad for potentially making the tournament.
0: Yeah. It it always feels like when Brad Brunel is like, entering a season on the hot seat, he makes the tournament. Like, that's...
1: Kind of like Josh Pastner a year ago.
0: Yeah. But we I, the difference is, like, we've seen this, like, multiple times with Brown out,
1: yeah mm-hmm. it's like josh pastor's
0: yeah, just done it once
1: yeah and like a, a good duo to start with there with llewellyn and pj hall like if they are a yeah. few pieces away from i think being like uh, in yeah. bubble team territory in the preseason
0: we'll Tyson's see, a i think good, like four
1: yeah yeah and then chase hunter's talented he was a top 100 recruit i'm pretty sure so you have a lot of pieces there they weren't terrible this year they weren't good they weren't terrible but I think adding a guard that can really score the ball like Jalen Llewellyn will go a long way for this team.
0: I think you could describe Brad Burnell's entire te- tenure as not terrible, but not great. That yeah, That's about yeah. as accurate as it good.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh,
0: let's see. Uh, St. Louis added uh, Javon Pickett. Javon Pickett. That's right. Uh, this, this is a Pretty good overall team going into next season. Like you, you return Yuri Collins, who's a point guard, elite point guard, Javon a. Perkins, uh, Gibson Jimerson. Now you add Javon Pickett, who can kind of play a little bit off ball. You have a Coro inside. Uh, this is a really good team.
1: Yeah. And Jordan Nesbitt entered the portal. So that'll be a, a bit of a loss, but I think they'll be fine. Maybe you can play, uh, Javon Pickett, even though he, I don't think he's done a ton of it in his career, maybe some small ball four. Terrence Hargrove, maybe some small ball four. Brett Thatch can play as a little bit of a bigger guard. Then you had Sincere Parker, a Juco transfer, he was very talented, too. But I, once you got Javonte Perkins back, you were going to be a tournament-caliber team. So that, that's what you have, and that's what they'll be.
0: Yeah, hopefully they can stay healthy, but mm-hmm. they should be. I, I think they might have the – I, I would still say Dayton has the most talent, but...
1: Mm, yeah, probably talent-wise, but I'm going to go with the experience of St. Louis.
0: I'm I'm still taking Dayton.
1: Don't sleep on Loyola Chicago. Probably a few pieces away from being somewhere in that mix.
0: Yeah. Uh, rounding out here, the transfer portal additions. DeMarion Williams is heading to Texas Tech. Uh, this is... This is still a team I think needs a little bit of work to do uh with the portal, but uh the I think the guard play is starting to figure it out, like especially if they get McColler back. Like I like McCullough as kind of like a bigger lead guard, can play a little bit off the ball. You have Nadoli, who I think is really good. Now you've done DeMarion Williams. Still need help from the front court, but I like that backcourt.
1: Yeah, Texas Tech struggled shooting the ball. So Mark Adams was like, all right, first order of business, set a shooter. And you get a guy that shot almost 40% at Gardner Webb. So that, that's a big ad. He can defend. He's going to play a big role. I mean, you look at the wings they had last year, Davion Warren, Adonis Arms, both came in. Maybe Kevin O'Banner uses a COVID year. We'll see. Terrence Shannon's gone. So they have some more work to do, but Mark Adams will add pieces from the portal. We, we've already seen him do it. Daniel Bacio, I think, is solid, but probably best as a bench big man. So you're probably hoping to add someone else. Maybe you can get O'Banner at the five if he returns, see what happens there. But I think Texas Tech will be – it's hard to bet against Mark Adams at this point, right, because of what we've seen him do early on. Uh, I think they'll be good. They have some more work to do, but I think they'll be good. Yeah.
0: Should we get into some Twitter questions? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, since you sent out the tweet, I'll, I'll let you start out with the Twitter questions.
1: All right, let me pull up the tweet real fast. I wasn't fully prepared for that. Going to be honest,
0: yeah, I I was not fully prepared either. So, all
1: right, let's see. We have I think three or four questions, maybe a little more. Uh, yeah, we have five, I guess. So let's start it out here with the first one, which came from Steel City Baller. He said, "How do you feel about the new configuration of the Sun Belt? How much does the additions of James Madison Marshall?" Old Dominion and Southern Miss, improve the league. Uh, I mean, just looking at it, the Sun Belt, I'd have to – who are they losing? At a, let me pull that up real fast.
0: Um, because
1: obviously who you're losing they, matters.
0: I know they're losing some teams to Conference USA.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, hold on. All right, so they will add – James, the, those four this year, they yeah. lose – All right. Little Rock and UTR LinkedIn. That's it. Okay, that's not bad. So I think you're keeping App State, you're keeping Georgia State, you're keeping Arkansas State, you're keeping Louisiana, Louisiana, Lafayette, Texas State, South Alabama, and a school like Marshall. They've had success in recent years. That wasn't this year. They struggled this year, but they gotten talent. Dan D'Antoni will play an up-tempo style. I think Marshall could be pretty solid in that conference. James Madison, their new arena that they hosted Virginia at this year is pretty awesome. They have a good fan base. Uh, I think they'll be able to get some talent in there year in and year out and be pretty competitive. Southern Miss really struggled this year, but uh, that'll probably be the worst of the four coming through. And then Old Dominion, they've had a lot of success over the years. Like This year they even beat UAB, who was the best team in that league for a portion of the year. You have Jeff Jones who's been there for a while at this point. I, I, th- I think he could continue doing a pretty good job. They've been relatively consistent despite a few tough years in a row. He won 25-plus games there, four years of his eight or nine years there. So I think Old Dominion will get back on track and be kind of competitive in Conference USA. But I think it makes the conference better. You, you're losing UT Arlington, who hasn't been great in recent years. They haven't been very competitive at times. Uh, and you're losing Little Rock, who was a preseason favorite to win it, I believe, two years ago and they really disappointed. They just haven't been that good. So you're losing two schools that haven't been great, and you're adding four schools, three schools that could be really, really good, and one school that's kind of going to be near the bottom, maybe get to the middle with Southern Miss. But the other three, I think, could be relatively competitive.
0: Yeah, I mean – Any thoughts there? James Madison, I mean, it was kind of a team. They beat Virginia. They were kind of a team kind of thought to be a potential, you know, CAA winner last season, so adding them. Then you mentioned like Dan Dantoni had Marshall in the NCAA tournament a couple seasons ago. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they could always make a run. Old Dominion, I think, probably gave uh, Purdue its best mm-hmm. test of the 2019 tournament outside of, well, even that. It probably was the best defensive team against that Purdue team in the 2019 NCAA tournament. So uh, they're, they're certainly a pretty good team. So I, I kind of like that. Um, I mean, obviously with conference realignment, you're going to lose a couple of teams, but uh, I think mm. overall the league, uh, maybe even a l- little bit upgrades, but, uh, they, the yeah. other thing too, is you keep around the teams you need, like Georgia state still around Louisiana, Lafayette, uh, Georgia Southern. So, uh, you keep those programs around, which have been, uh, kind of the, the breadwinners of the conference.
1: Yeah, overall, I'd say it's a net positive, the additions. I think it'll work out well. Next question comes from $1 Bob. He asked, uh, how do you feel about Indiana State's roster addition? Missouri Valley feels like it's up for grabs, depending on a couple draft decisions. Their roster's interesting. We have to see what Cameron Henry and Cooper Nice do, whether they come back. Uh, but I think Josh Schurz is a great coach. They did a good job this year. Uh Curvasse and Macaulay, coming in from DePaul, former D2 guy, I think he could be pretty good. And then you had Cade McKnight. I believe he's a D2 guy coming in from Truman State. So he'll be a pretty solid piece. You get Jason Kent, interconference transfer from Bradley. If you're able to get Cooper Nice and Cam Henry back, I think you can be competitive. I think they could be near the middle to bottom, though, without those two, without seeing who else they add. But if you get Ken, Cam Henry and Cooper Neese nice back, your two best players, that changes things. But uh, if you don't, you're losing your two best players. So it'll be interesting to see. What are yeah. your thoughts here?
0: I mean, you look at the Missouri Valley as a whole, like I think it's very up for grabs. Like you look at mm-hmm. Missouri state, uh, you you kind of wait on Isaiah Mosley. Like if he's back that they're probably the team to beat, but if he decides he's going pro, then uh, I think that league you know, is up for grabs. Like I think Southern Illinois is right there. Like Bradley's always going to be tough. Northern Iowa is certainly losing a lot, but uh, yeah in the NSA, I mean if they're able to kind of bring uh, you know a lot of pieces back I mean Drake's going to be there but I think Indiana the is going to be like kind of right there in the mix and at the end of the day I think Missouri Valley's unfortunately only going to be a one bid league at least this season uh, so it's all about playing and getting hot for three days in Arch Madness so uh, they yeah have a good chance
1: Yeah, I think Drake's the best team in the league right now because uh, you look at Murray State coming in, they don't have that many players on the roster currently. Belmont coming in, they lost some pieces. They lost Will Richard. They lost Nick Musinski. uh, They lost Jacoby Wood. So they lost some pieces. Some of their better players, Musinski and Richard, were probably uh, their two best players last year. You lose Loyola Chicago as a whole, not going to be in the conference anymore. Missouri State at the very least loses Gage Prim and Jalen Minette. They could lose Isaiah Mosley. Northern Iowa, I haven't seen a decision on whether AJ Green will come back for the extra year of eligibility or not. Bradley loses Terry Roberts. Illinois State, they lost Antonio Reeves. Evansville, they lost Shamar Gibbons. Valpo, they lost Sheldon Edwards. So Southern Illinois, I see. I think they're probably second right now. I don't think they've lost much. They get Lance Jones back. They get Marcus Damask back. They get Steven Verplankin back. They had Xavier Johnson from Georgia, uh, from George Mason. So they're probably second. I'll take Drake first with Sardar Calhoun coming in. I haven't seen anything on whether uh, Roman Penn is going to come back or uh, DJ Wilkins, I think as another year comes back or if uh, Darnell Brody comes back, but I, I like Tucker DeVries and Sardar Calhoun. So I think that could be pretty good, but the Valley might be down next year.
0: Yeah. Like it is as up for grabs as I can remember. Like, last couple of years we've had kind of like Loyola Chicago being like that team. Uh, we've had, I mean, Wichita state, we used to be in the league. They were uh, kind of the team to beat in the league right now. I mean, they're, they're certainly, I think by the time the off season ends we'll maybe have a better picture, but the league is certainly up for grabs and you're only like a good transfer pickup away from uh, being, you know, the league favorite in this league.
1: Yeah, and two more questions here. The f- next one will come from a Hayden Soccer 25. We already kind of talked about this, but he asked what what's your likely percentage chance Kendrick Davis will transfer back to TCU? Uh I don't know. Like I don't know how to put a number on it. Like every school in the country wants him. So, I'll say like 5% because there's so many schools after him. Like that's not a number with intel just like a random gut feeling like 5 to 10%. I just don't feel like that's where he ends up. He already transferred from there. He has a lot of good schools coming after him. I just don't feel like TCU is where he ends up.
0: I'll go, I'll go split the middle. I'll go 8%. Okay.
1: Yeah. I, think I don't it's think it's likely, there. but it's not impossible, but it's not yeah. likely probably. Like just if as he's a like, feeling.
0: all right, I can return to TCU and uh, lead TCU to their most successful season ever. And actually, I did miss playing for Jamie Dixon. Maybe I. Mm -hmm. have regrets about transferring from tcu to begin with like i you don't know what's going through i doubt he
1: has regrets because of how good he became though
0: yeah like i you don't know what's going through people's brains so i wouldn't put it at a zero percent chance but i wouldn't say it's likely
1: yeah I, i think that's fair and then the final question coming from the great John Fanta, who works for Fox Sports, works uh, for the field of 68. He's awesome. Big fan of John Fanta. If you don't follow him already on Twitter, at John underscore Fanta, highly recommend you do it because he's great. One of the best up and coming play by play guys around. And his question was, who's your Dark Horse Mountain West team heading into next season? I'll let you take this one first. What what do you have here? Fresno State.
0: I'm going Fresno State. Like these. That's counting. Yeah. Assuming Orlando Robinson comes back. Like. You might have the best. You certainly, I think, have the best center in uh, the league. Uh, you you have solid pieces around him, like you have Isaiah Hill, you have Anthony Holland, uh, Jordan uh, Campbell. But I this is all you know. If Robinson goes to the NBA and uh, you know calls it a college career, which I think he could make it in the NBA, kind of mm-hmm. as a modern big, uh, because he's so skilled. But if he if he stays at Fresno State, and, I mean, if he avoids going to the NBA draft, if he avoids transferring, he returns to Fresno State, uh, they, they're probably, I think I might go as far to say, like, they might be an insane tournament team.
1: I like that pick. Uh, it, it all comes down to what Robinson does. Like you said, they won't be that good if he doesn't come back, but if he does, they're going to be good. I mean, uh, they won the college invitational basketball playoff, whatever it's called. The new one, I for, I don't I don't remember what it's called, but they won that. Uh, so that's they have postseason experience. Maybe they run it back because they could return everybody. I'm gonna go with New Mexico as my pick, though. Jalen House is testing the waters, but if Jalen House is back, Jamal Mashburn Jr. is back. That's two of the best guards in the conference already. Sebastian Forsling maybe improves a little bit at the five, but you can probably add some more pieces at the five to help out a little bit too. So it's not just him. JL Allen Tobar is a good stretch four. you have Taryn Todd, the TCU transfer who could improve a little bit. Javante Johnson, then you have KJ Jenkins who can shoot the ball. I'd expect that Richard Petino's is going to do a little bit of work in the transfer portal too, but they have talent. The pit is just a great home court advantage for New Mexico. So I think they could be a team that improves. I, I kind of compare them to Wyoming of last season to this season. How they went from like a team that was always competitive, but they just couldn't finish off wins a ton in Jeff Linder's first, first season at, in Laramie to being a tournament level team this year. I think New Mexico is a couple moves away from being in that kind of territory.
0: Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. Like, I think Richard Pertino is underrated as well. Like,
1: mm-hmm. at this level, he's a great coach, I think.
0: Yeah. Like, maybe he was a little bit out yeah. of his league at Minnesota, but. I mean Minnesota is a tough job to win at to begin with. Uh but yeah. you're you're going to New Mexico where the fan support is great. Uh and you're gonna have like a kind of distinct advantage. Like you've got the altitude at the pit, which helps you in some of those. Like you have the long uh mountain west road trip. So I, that home court is certainly going to be big and uh I I could definitely see, you know, get get the right pieces in. Mexico could be kind of an NCH tournament team next season.
1: Yeah. And like those fans are so dedicated. Like I feel like you can, they could have one win. They could be like one in 28 and their fans, their fans will still show up. Like that's the kind of fan base. It seems like they have, which is always good. Like that always helps.
0: I remember the year they were like supposed to finish second in the league. They had like all the talent is like a bunch of like second chance guys and they were terrible that year, but they like beat
1: twenty Nevada. eighteen nineteen. Yeah,
0: they beat Nevada. Duquan, Lyle,
1: and, Carlton Bragg.
0: Yeah, they beat Bra- Nevada that in their perfect regular season. And oh like yeah,
1: the,
0: the fans. The, they won the season just on that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, what was that? Eighteen nineteen, or was it seventeen
0: eighteen? Yeah, it was eighteen nineteen. Yeah, it's, it was. Is the oh, year my after goodness they made the.
1: What was the score to that game? Do you know?
0: 90
1: to 50. You're close. 85 to 58.
0: <laughs> I I remember it was a blowout of epic proportions.
1: Yeah. Like, I guess Jaquan Lyle didn't play in this game, but interesting roster. Anthony Mathis. I don't know how I didn't name him there because he was their best player. That's 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 a bad call on my end. He was good. McQuach Malawatch, uh, Carlton Bragg, Dane Kuyper. Uh, Corey Manigault, Vance Jackson, who just finished his college career this year, Vladimir Pinchuk. They, they had a lot of a lot of pieces there for sure. But they weren't a great team, and they beat a really good Nevada team. Cody and Caleb Martin, Jordan Caroline, Trey Thurman, Trey Porter, Jazz Johnson. And who can you name the player who played eight minutes in this game for Nevada? Let's let's see if you can do it. Um Highest-ranked recruit on the team.
0: Oh. Uh, played at Louisiana Lafayette this year.
1: Jordan mm-hmm. Brown. Yeah, there you go. Jordan Brown.
0: That
1: that was that was too easy. It was, but I feel like nobody remembers him at Nevada. Yeah. Like, you either I remember did, him at Arizona. I don't Arizona. remember
0: him at Arizona that much either.
1: He was sixth man of the year in the conference a year ago. What do you mean you don't remember him? Come on now. But that Arizona team was forgettable though because yeah. nobody watched them because they weren't making the tournament. Yeah. That's like, fair.
0: That that's why it was forgettable. So
1: I mean That's true. Okay. That, that I'll I'll give you a little bit of uh And then uh, Christian Coloco this
0: year was so good that I forgot they had Jordan Brown first. I, I remember Coloco, they had him, but
1: I remember you saying like last year like mentioning how Coloco missed those two free throws against Oregon his freshman season. And now is like a potential first round pick. Like it's crazy how much better he's gotten.
0: Yeah. He, he's not missing free throws in the clutch either. That's, that's no, he's not, a
1: good free throw shooter now. Yeah. But it's, that's, that's a fun story too. Let's see if he comes back. That's, that's one that's up in the air. It seems like.
0: I, I don't see him coming back.
1: Cause he's I mean, like that
0: modern day big that can because he can like kind of move his feet and. but
1: he defense. can't shoot that, that's the thing though he can't shoot
0: I don't think he needs to shoot like big bigs either need to shoot or need to be like elite defensively but he's like elite defensively
1: but I feel like if you had your pick if you're an NBA team you'd rather have the one that can shoot than be an elite defender yeah like would you rather have like Man, I can't even think of an elite defense. Like, Rudy Gobert can't defend on the perimeter, so I'm not really going to count him. Like, that doesn't really count. I mean, no, I'll do it, I guess. Would you rather have Brook Lopez? I mean, Brook Lopez is so old, though. But, like, would you rather have Brook Lopez from two years ago or have Rudy Gobert up now? Um, I'd rather have Brook Lopez of two years ago, probably.
0: That's a tough one.
1: Because Gobert can't shoot, but he's athletic. He's not a great – he's not a very good defender against guards, but he's a great rim protector. You're not going to score on him inside. But I would take, like, Burke Lopez.
0: Yeah, I do think, like, that spacing can be key.
1: Mm-hmm. Because you can't really throw it down to a guy like that. He He's a rim-running big man. You're not going to, like – I guess the comparison here would probably be, like, in college terms, maybe, I don't know. There might not be a great one. Like Orlando Robinson, maybe against Coloco.
0: Yeah. I'd, I'd take Coloco though.
1: I would, I would in college. I don't know about in the NBA.
0: I, I'd, I'd take, cause you, you kind of like need just a role playing big man sometimes.
1: Yeah. Let me pull up a list here. Let's see. Um, Okay. Really, none of these guys can shoot besides Orlando Robinson. Uh, Like, Jalen Williams, but he's – all right, there's not a good comparison. I would take Coloco over most of these guys, so.
0: Yeah. And, like, Coloco, we've seen him, like, he can guard – Will Richardson. Coburn. Like, he can Mm -hmm. can guard Kofi Coburn. Like, he can can switch one through five. He can guard your biggest guy, like that That's a NBA player I think gets taken oh, at least first round. Maybe top mm-hmm.
1: I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he's an NBA player. I don't think he's declared yet, so we'll see.
0: Okay. I haven't looked at two main box this uh, season.
1: Uh, uh, I haven't either.
0: Pulling up Tankathon right now. where do they really have? I would man. get, like, Perfect. I think
1: on ESPN's draft casts, I have looked at that. I think he's, like, 40th, 38th, something like that.
0: Tankathon has him at 30 to the Thunder.
1: Ah, oh, you're Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah.
0: Can, can always 30, use the 30, –
1: 36 on ESPN. So, if it's that, he's probably gone. So, I guess we could say Coloco's probably gone. We'll see.
0: Thank, thanks again for tuning in to the Making Madness College Basketball podcast. Uh, a long edition, but hey, we've got to fill some off-season content somewhere, somehow. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, plus we got in the coaching higher grades, which some yep. some were saying we would never get done.
1: Did anybody say that besides us?
0: I, I think we both said it. So, yeah, hey, we at did. At least it. two people said
1: it. Yeah, we did it.
0: So make sure to subscribe to the podcast, uh, and we'll be back. Uh, we'll start doing this uh, probably once a week during the off-season, but. Uh, We'll keep Mm -hmm. you informed with all the transfer news, all the, you know, maybe a late season coaching news. Uh, NBA draft decisions will start uh, happening more frequently. I think there's like a a date in the future where you have to like apply to get in the draft by. So Mm -hmm. we'll have a few people decline to enter in the NBA draft, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll see then, but. Thanks again for tuning in the podcast and we'll be back next time.